It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, you're listening to the Wrestling Perspective Podcast on WrestlingInc.com. You can go over to iTunes and Stitcher and get all the other Wrestling Inc. podcasts. There's the Raw Review with Matt Morgan, Raj, and Glenn. You can get the Wednesday SmackDown Review Show with Raj, Glenn, and sometimes me, sometimes Chris. It depends on who. You can get the daily was it knockout knockdown radio uh it's news it's great uh, chris hosts it it is one of my favorite things on the uh, podcast so go or in the feed go check it out and you can go to wrestlinginc.com with that being said now let's talk to the host you're you're the host pd williams what's up oh not too much dennis what's going on the main attraction even i you know i'd say you're the main attraction I'm the face. You're the talent. <laughs> you know, how, how about I be the face? Well, you you are better. <laughs> you be the voice. It was worth put, a try. Put your, put your voice on my face and we're good. Oh, my gosh. That would be a dangerous. We could rule the world. Yeah, we probably could. With my height, though. We we got to also take my height. Yeah, but, but my build. You're, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think if we just combined. Okay, what are we talking about here? It's getting weird. So we're going to do a little uh, Extreme Rules preview. We haven't done this yet, and I think it would be fun if we kept score on who's right and who's wrong, and maybe at the end of the year we have like a dinner bet or something. Oh, yeah. You know what? That's a, I, I like that idea. That's pretty good. Lives, yeah. Let me ask you a question before we get because I, I like the intermix news and, and some of the stories that you have. Have you ever had a finish changed because the internet got a hold of it? Ooh. Um, that's a good question. I don't know if it's because the internet got a hold of it. See, the the writers, they don't like let me know in TNA anyways, they don't let me know like, uh, Hey, we're doing this finish because, you know, I was never at that level. I wasn't, you know, the guys that worked for us, um, like the Jeff Jarrett's and all those guys in the top status, like the Kevin Nash at the time, Scott Hall, you know, you'd, you'd need to give them an explanation why as to their losing or winning or whatever the key or why they're doing a certain thing at the X division level. You know, they might be like, um, you know, you're going over and you never really asked why, you know, and I, I think we just really I know I didn't really care, you know, who is winning, who is losing unless it was something like super like I, what I thought was stupid. Um, but I don't know if it was for you know, the internet per se, a lot of the times when we did the show, they knew who was going over. Mm-hmm. And I would say like 80% of the time they didn't know how 80%, 20%. They're like, this is how we want it. And we're like, okay, like I'll give you an example. When, uh, myself, Chris Saban and AJ Styles, we had that ultimate X match and I was the X division champ at the time. Um, you know, we, we had, we had, none of the match planned that day nothing and i remember like uh sanjay Dutt used to get like uh the melter uh dirt sheets like the 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 torch or whatever it's called mm-hmm. and you know he'd read the reviews 
And then I read it on one of them, and it said, like, after this is after the match, it said, like, they've been putting together this match for weeks. And I'm like, okay, well, that's where the internet's wrong. Because, honestly, we have not been putting the match together for weeks. It was actually getting closer to the show. And Saban and I were looking for AJ, and we're like, where's AJ, man? We got to, like, put this together. I mean, you know, we got to... <laughs> We, we got to see what's going on so we don't have a you know a crappy match. And uh, the, the finish I came up with, I thought it was very clever. I said, why don't um, we hurt AJ's arm in, in some capacity? And then, you know, he tries to climb near the end and he can't. He just can't hang on. So people are like, oh, man, he's out of it. He can't use his arm. He can't climb. There's no way he's going to be able to get the belt. And then Saban and I will be up there simultaneously We'll both get the belt. We'll both be fighting for it. And then AJ will do a springboard and then with his good arm, slap it out of our hands and grab the belt. So ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate baby face, like, you know, come from behind. There's no way he's going to win. And, and he, he does, you know, like he, he outsmarted both of us. I, I thought it was great. And then we brought it up to, uh, you know, one of the writers or the agents. And uh, I said, you know, like, what do you think of this? Actually, I didn't bring it up because I know better than to bring it up. I had somebody else bring it up that was higher up than me, um, one of the other agents. And the one writer was that took in the idea. He goes, oh, let me see. Well, that makes AJ look weak. And then he thought about it and he goes, ah, screw it, do it. And I'm like, you know, good thing because I've, I've, I've come up with other finishes before and that I thought were great, like kind of like that. And they were like – no, no, we don't want to do that. We want to do this instead. And then it would be like what I believe was a lame finish, and I thought the you know the people crapped all over it. Um, but getting back to your original question, um, I don't think my – at least that I know of, the finish of my match has been changed because of the internet. That's, that's interesting. And one more question, and I'll tell you after you answer this why I ask. Okay. Where do the majority of the leaks come from? When they say, you know, we're getting word of blank from from the internet or, you know, out of a company, why or where do leaks, leaks usually come from? Do they come from the writers or the wrestlers or I don't know? Um, I would say both. I really don't know. I was never like I never had a, a relationship, so to speak, with any of the um, – internet observers per se like the 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 dirt sheets or anything like that I've, I've never i don't have contact information i mean this is before twitter and facebook and stuff but i never had contact information with like the Meltzers or the um wade kellers or anything like that where i could just be like hey this is what's going on but there's you know writers and wrestlers that do have that and they'll they'll leak the stuff out hmm. that, that's interesting i was just curious because I'm not a dirt sheet guy, as I said many times on the podcast. I like to watch wrestling and, and be surprised. I think I'm one of the few and only people that way. Uh, mm. Everybody feels like they have to know the inside story, and I get it, and I'm okay with that. I'm not pooping on anybody or, or what they like. I just yep. I just watch wrestling. I like to be surprised. Uh, the last time I was truly surprised was when Shane McMahon returned in Detroit, Michigan. I, I don't know if you remember watching yeah, that. Yeah, I, re I remember, and that's uh... – that was a surprise to me too. I didn't read beforehand like Shane McMahon's backstage or anything like that. So that was a good surprise. And I'm glad I didn't. Uh, you know, I think the Hardy thing was pretty self-explanatory. We all kind of had that feeling they were coming back at WrestleMania. You just couldn't escape it. But I like to be surprised. It, it just 
just why I watch wrestling. I, I think it's like watching a movie and knowing the ending. And then why are you watching it if you already kind of know the ending? Exactly. Unless it's uh, a movie that's so phenomenal where, you know, all the spots during the, ma- during the movie, um, are, are great that you could just rewatch and be like, Oh man, this movie is phenomenal. I mean, I've, I've watched many movies many times, but there's some movies where there's a plot twist at the end where I'm like, I'm never going to sit through that movie again. Uh, it's just that, that, that that's the way it is. But, uh, no, for, for wrestling, I like being surprised too. I think that's what drew me to it back. Um, you know, when I was a kid and then really drew me into it more where I was like, you know, this is, I'm really going to be a professional wrestler in, in the nineties when, People were jumping from Nitro and Raw and the Monday Night mm-hmm. Wars and all that kind of stuff. Like, you were surprised. And we've already talked about this on the show, but I love that kind of stuff. And then that's why, you know, I never watched serial dramas on TV ever, ever. And then uh, Sanjay got me into um, one show called Lost, I'm sure you heard of. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh, man, this show is awesome. And I think it was like in the second season or something like that. And I was like, no, man, that sounds stupid. You know, why would you watch a TV show? Like, I totally wasn't into TV shows like that. And then he gave me the copy of the first season. He's like, just watch it. And, you know, growing up when I was watching TV, they didn't have, like, serial dramas like that where they left you cliffhanging. And that's what I love. So I really got into Lost, and that was the start of my me watching serial dramas on TV. As long as you could shock me and surprise me and, you know, leave my jaw dropped at the end of the show. You got you're gonna have me hooked. Same with wrestling. If I could go, man, I can't wait to tune until next week. And they don't have a lot of that anymore. They kind of, you know, start the show, their their three hour raw show, put whatever story they're gonna put, you know, for that week, and then they'll build up and do whatever they have to do. But it'll almost kind of be complete by the end of the show, and you almost don't have to tune in the following week. It's not like it was, you know, 15 years ago. If if we have a time at the end, I have an interesting uh, topic I want to bring up for a second because we have we have some stuff to get to. As I said, we're going to talk extreme rules and a few things that stuck out to me personally this week on Raw and SmackDown. But you know what? Let me knock it out first. A horrible okay. teaser. So I go out and get some free golf from my new uh, golf buddy, right? Of course. Be- yeah, you're in, welcome. In the name of P.D. Williams. So <laughs> he brought up an interesting idea, and I wish I could take credit for it, but uh, this is uh, Mr. Tanner's total, total idea. It, why not in wrestling to make some of these pay-per-views a little more meaningful? Because Great Balls of Fire, Extreme Rules, sometimes Money in the Bank, then you have payback. They don't really mean much. It's just a Sunday wrestling match at times that may or may not be the beginning or the end of an angle but Mm. what if what if uh you were to take some of these pay-per-views and set up special events like like maybe a royal rumble or a fatal four-way three-way but like a a entrance match if you win one of these matches and one of these pay-per-views you're guaranteed a spot for a championship match (coughs) a year from now Almost like Money in the Bank, but you have three or four of these matches, and and you build up to something farther down the line while you still continue on with your current angle. What would you feel about something like that? Um, so there's pros and cons with that. I okay. see the, the pro to it where it makes the pay-per-view, the match itself, more meaningful, and people are going to tune in, um, which WWE already has. The Royal Rumble, 
Mm-hmm. Everybody knows. That's you know, one. You, you, you win the Royal Rumble, you're main eventing WrestleMania, or at least getting a, rest, uh, a title shot at WrestleMania. Um, so that's, that's one, and that's really big. So that's a very special event, Royal Rumble. The next one is Money in the Bank, which I think is coming up this month in June. So people know if you win that you know, Money in the Bank briefcase, you're going to cash that in sometime. So it doesn't like you know really have an end date. It's kind of ongoing. It's not like Money in the Bank. You got to cash it in by by SummerSlam. It's nothing like that. So there's that, um, and that's pretty much the only two that they have. So the con to his idea is you can't oversaturate it mm-hmm. with, you know, let's say every June there's a Fatal Four Way. The winner, whatever it's called, gets a title shot at SummerSlam. Or King, it would be great if they had King of the Ring back because King of the Ring they could have in June and that can be the winner of that gets a title shot at SummerSlam. So that's something they could do, but they shouldn't oversaturate it like every month. I think they only have two right now. I think if they put in a third or fourth, you know, maybe setting up the bigger pay-per-views like, you know, at, maybe there's an event in September, um, whatever it's called, the winner of whatever that event is goes on to face the champion at Survivor Series. You know, so it's almost like you're building up their big pay-per-views. Another one they do is a Elimination Chamber, but um, mm. you don't kind of build up to get into the Elimination Chamber. It's just, you know, the winner of it gets the, the title kind of. It's almost like a regular match, but it's not. So I think if they had maybe like one, maybe two more of what your buddy's talking about there, I think that'd be enough. I don't think they should do it all the time and overkill it. Okay. I, I just want to throw that out because I, you know, on the golf course, everything sounds great. And I really <laughs> thought, boy, if you could do that or even something like, you know, you have, you know, these events and these pay-per-views that don't mean anything that if you win them, then you get a spot in the Royal Rumble. And that's the only way you can get into the Royal Rumble maybe. Yeah. I mean, that would ideally that would be awesome. But, you know, you're looking at at least 60 matches because only 30 participants. Right. So, to, like, two people face each other. You're looking at, oh, no, that's only 30 matches. I'm sorry. 60 people, but 30 matches. Okay, Scott um, Steiner. <laughs> my math, two-thirds. 30, 33 uh, and a third. Of, uh, but you know what I mean. I, yeah. you, can't, you can't overdo it. All right. I right. just want to throw that out there. And, by the way, when you bring up Survivor Series, please put it back on Thursday. Back on Thanksgiving night, I get it, football, and you don't want to contend with football. But that was, to me, the best pay-per-view. I I could get – the one reason why I could suck it up and I loved it was, A, it was on Thursday night. And, B, you know, the people that survived their matches in the traditional form had that end-of-the-night battle royal, if if you remember correctly. All the winners or all the survivors oh, yeah. had their had, – had their mat had a big battle royal match, and I feel like you could do something really cool with that now with all the talent you have. And please bring back Survivor Series that, that way. That that's good. I mean, I remember when I saw live um, at Joe Louis Arena a Survivor Series. It was actually on Thanksgiving Eve. Well, it's not um, real Thanksgiving to you. Well, no, it's not Thanksgiving to me, but American Thanksgiving Eve. So it was on a Wednesday, and. Uh, you know, I had school the next day, obviously, because I'm Canadian. But we drove over to the Joe, and it was the Hulk Hogan versus Undertaker when Undertaker won his first title, um, WWE title, and, like, Ric Flair helped him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember seeing that, and it was a Wednesday, and that seemed very special. Uh, and I do 
really like the I, I only think they did it like maybe a handful of times. I don't even know if they did it that many where they had all the sole survivors of the matches at the end had a you know uh, another Survivor Series match for the actual winners. So I, I thought that was pretty cool too. I mean, I really enjoyed that because then you each match means something. And I think like maybe I don't know how they would do it if they did that again, but then the very final match where all the survivors faced each other. Um, if that meant something too, like a title shot or I think whatever. you could do something with that. And even if it was like, you know, let's say six against four at the end, and then it got down where there was actually three winners at the end, maybe all three of them are guaranteed a title shot in the future. It doesn't have to be one person. So that, that would make it more interesting too. What if you made that the 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 run for the Intercontinental Champion? If you win your Survivor Series match, you survive your Survivor Series Royal Rumble, you're guaranteed a Intercontinental Championship match. Yeah, I mean, they could definitely do something like that. I think it would put more emphasis on that title and elevate that title for sure. All right, let's get to some extreme rules. A few things this week that really irked me. I, I don't know how much Raw SmackDown you watched this week, but the This Is Your Life thing fell flat. It was horrible. Oh, man, you know what? So I, I pre-recorded it, obviously. Um and I'm, I'm, I already knew it was going to fall flat because if you remember the Mick Foley Rock segment that had the highest ratings in wrestling history, mm-hmm. it was a This Is Your Life with The Rock. Right. But, I mean, that was super entertaining. Even though, like, Foley and Rock got in so much trouble from Vince for that, I mean, you can't argue that was probably – and that wasn't even wrestling. And that was one, some of the most entertaining stuff they ever put on television. And, uh, yeah, this – I don't know. I, I, I watched, like, maybe the first little bit of it. And I think when she was losing the crowd, I kind of just went fast forward. I'm sorry. I mean, I just you you are Dennis. You already know I'm not. You know, it's not that I'm not a fan of women's wrestling. I really respect what they do. I just I don't have interest in it. It's not I, your I bag. Don't, I'm not. It's you okay. Know, You'll have to apologize it. for what you like. I mean, some people love cruiserweights over the big guys. Some people hey. like watching women's wrestling. Some people don't. Yeah. Yeah. I but. I go back and forth on it. There are some nights I can watch a good women's women's wrestling match. There are some nights I fast forward it. There are some nights that when you know Daniel Bryan comes on the screen, I fast forward it. Not because I don't like him, but just because I there's other things I want to watch. Yeah, and I'm I'm the same way. There's some matches where I'm like, you know, say if a Daniel Bryan comes on with somebody that you know is is kind of like an enhancement type thing. Um, and you know Daniel Bryan's going to win. You're like, okay, what's the, what's the point of this? You know, they're trying to get him over. Uh, big deal. But, I mean, yeah, that, that segment did fall flat. <laughs> so I don't even know what happened at the end of it. I, I saw that Bailey came out and, yeah. you know, the, it was the kendo and all this kind of stuff. But still, I mean, you didn't need a huge, long segment. I, I don't know how the crowd was reacting. I just not heard good. them kind of starting to crap all over it, and I was like, oh, this is not good. If I'm fantasy booking that segment, uh, which I, I like to play fancy booker. I, I get it. I'm not a wrestling guy, and a lot of wrestling guys are like, well, you don't know the business, so you can't book it. But you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do this with you for a second. Mm-hmm. If I'm booking that segment, and you're trying to teach me or, or, or sell me that Bailey is not extreme, I would have had uh, I would have had Bliss come out with a kendo stick, put it on the ground, and say, you know what? I'm going to show you she's not extreme. Call Bailey out. Give her the kendo stick and say, I'm turning around, hit me. And then, you know, have her go and think about it like, I'm good. I'm not, you know, I'm the sucker punching. I don't know. And then right when she's about to either do it or don't do it, 
Bliss sucker punches her. You get it. it That's, that would be perfect. Um, kind of, sort of. I mean, the thing is, th- there's so much heat between the two, um, storyline-wise, that because um, uh, Bailey's already been apparently twice, you know, hit hit with a kendo stick twice. So the first time she a babyface wants their vengeance. So if you give the babyface a kendo stick, she's gonna she's gonna get her receipt. She's gonna pay you back pretty much. So that wouldn't work necessarily right then and there. Um, but I see where you're going with that. They could have did something totally different. I, I, absolutely. Uh, what else was there? One thing I really did like this week, the Kurt Angle uh, with with the phone thing. Man. Oh, Corey Graves? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was clever. It's something you don't see a lot, and we complain that there's no originality in wrestling, and I get it. You, you can only do so much so many times before you have to put a unique spin on it. I, I'm, I'm really digging that. Uh, second week in a row, though, that we see Enzo with his head bashed in, I thought, boy, yeah, you know, a little too soon for two weeks in a row. Now you're telling me Enzo's an idiot. Um. Or just a small guy that gets picked on. I mean, but uh, when, when you think if you got sucker punched in the back of the head and knocked out one week, that second week you've got eyes in the back of your head, right? Yeah, I would probably have like security with in, in a real situation. Right. I'd have security with me. I'd have my back against the wall. Or I don't know if they're alluding to Cass being the culprit under this, but I would have my buddy Cass with me. Mm-hmm. You know, making sure he's watching my back. I don't know. Maybe he went to go to the bathroom and take a piss, and then that's when it happened. But still. When he's going to take a piss, I'd be have my back up against the wall and be like, okay, what's going on here? You know, yeah. I'd have a weapon with me, something like that. You would was, think so. Yeah. But, I mean, I see where they're going with that. I, I do like the angle with uh, Corey Graves or Kurt Angle, the, the whole cell phone thing. That's good because, you know, it's about time they're like uh, – obviously, he get all these guys have cell phones. They're probably getting texts all the time. So why not have some dirt leak? And remember what we were talking about? You said, you know, I have a new name for you, Petey. The Canadian gossiper, or whatever you said, That's right? That's it, yeah. Yeah, and I said, oh, remember Just Joe used to do that, and we talked about that storyline. It seems like maybe that's where they're going with Corey Graves, which makes more sense because since he is considered a broadcast journalist, he should be getting the scoops and stuff. So hopefully they're 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 going to keep utilizing that angle. I, I think it's clever. You, you, dear WWE, if you are listening to this and you steal some of our ideas, it's perfectly okay. We're giving yeah. you total permission. Just Give us front row tickets to a couple shows. They're not listening. Unless they have somebody hired. They're like, all right, man, this is your job, all right? You have to listen to all the wrestling podcasts out there and then give us ideas from them. Yeah, they, <laughs> they are hiring someone to do that. I wouldn't be surprised, man. They, uh, I think at one point they had, like, Russo just paying him to sit at home. And this is, like, past the Attitude Era days. I think they were paying him to sit at home just to watch the show. And and give the their his critique. I don't know if like they wanted to and he, he didn't sign up for it or if they actually had him signed to do that. But that that would that was his gig or was going to be his gig. I'm like, what kind of gig is that? Like you just have to sit at home and watch the TV, call up Vince or the writers or whatever, and be like, this is what you did. What well, I feel you did right, you did wrong, you could do better. This is where you should go with this. That'd be a great job too. I'm gonna text him and ask him if that was true. I have to <laughs> now, right? I mean, it's it was so long ago. Yeah, do it. Not now. Uh, there was another thing. SmackDown. You know what? It you've now overdone the fashion files. It took one week to overdo it. Uh, if you were to stretch it out to a once a month thing or make it special, 
that would be great. I know you're trying to find a way to keep these two relevant, but that's my only complaint. Well, I've got one more complaint, but that is one of my biggest complaints uh, of the week. Other than Roman Reigns going over clean, I we'll get to that in a second. But uh, mm. yeah, t- tell me the fashion files. I loved them up until this week, and then it just seemed a little bit like, oh, here we go again. And then he's dressing up like a girl, and we get another, you know, mop guy thing. I'm I was I was quickly done with it, and I really want to like that. So I saw the fashion files. I didn't see the one this week, but this is going back to the conversation where we talked about, you know, we really hope they do something with uh, Tyler Breeze and, and Fandango. Hopefully they push them up a little bit more. And remember I talked about how the writers work. Like, they, they throw things at the wall, see if they stick. And then they're like, okay, the fans like this. Let's run with this. And they'll run with it. And then sometimes, this is what they usually do, sometimes they it, it doesn't stick. The fans kind of reject it. So what I think you'll see in the upcoming weeks, they'll go for they'll give it one more shot because that's what they usually do to see if it they can get it back on track or whatever, or if the fans just keep rejecting it. So that's what you're going to see coming up. You're going to see more more pushing of them, but they're going to see how the fans react, and then they're going to go from there. Right. Um, I think we we talked about this like I think our last podcast we talked about this. We we probably did. Yeah. And did you see the end of Raw? I mean, why on a throwaway Raw, which essentially it wasn't a great Raw going into a pay-per-view, but why would you have Roman Reigns go over clean, which could have been an easily, easy pay-per-view main event match, go over clean on Seth Rollins? This This tells me they don't have anything for Seth Rollins right now. Um... Well, I fell asleep probably, I was looking at the timer, like four minutes before the end of the match. Then I fell asleep. I'm like, ah, man, I fell asleep. I'm going to bed. So I didn't see the very end. So if you're telling me they, uh, I didn't read about it either. So I was in like the middle of their comeback and false finishes and stuff, and I fell asleep. So if he went over clean, I mean, it could mean a couple things. Um, Obviously, Roman Reigns is their guy. Right. You know, I mean, we wouldn't ever complain about. And, and Roman Reigns is a babyface as much as fans boo him or cheer him. He is a babyface. And they would never have – no one would ever complain about Cena going over clean on anybody, you know, when like a, a few years ago. And that's where they want Roman Reigns to be where, you know, he should be able to go over clean on anybody. So this could mean a couple of things. Roman Reigns went over clean. That means he is not going to win this Sunday. So, yay, because that's what usually happens. If, if you go over clean against – you know, your build-up pay-per-view match, mm-hmm. you're usually not going to win unless they throw a little swerve in there, but who knows. And then I'm glad that with the when Finn, you know, did the double stomp off the top to, uh, to, to Bray Wyatt and Joe stole the victory, I'm like, okay, good, because that means Finn can still win, and that means Joe's probably not going to win that, that match. And so I would say that it's a toss-up between – Probably Seth Rollins and Finn winning the match on uh, on Sunday. Okay. I, I Just based on how they did everything and their, their booking and who's going over and who's not and all that kind of stuff. Unless they're just doing a total opposite, like Hulk Hogan, John Cena style, where they're like, Roman Reigns is going to kill everybody, then he's going to kill people at the pay-per-view, and then go on and face Brock to make him look really strong. You you never know, and we'll get to our you predictions don't. in a second. Was there anything this week on Raw and SmackDown that bothered you? 
Um, or that no, you I mean, that I, you love. I wish, I wish, I just wish they would do something more with the cruiserweights. I mean, those guys are so they're, they're finesse in the ring. Everything's so crisp. Um, you could tell Neville is the star of the cruiserweight division. He just looks like a star, acts like a star. People treat him like a star. I just don't see what they, I don't. I don't think they're going to put Austin Aries over. I don't think he has the the crowd support that they want him to have at this point. But he has the most out of any babyface. Um, so I don't know where they're going to go with that. I don't know if they're just going to let Neville keep going and hopefully an, another new babyface comes along and they could, you know, push him against Neville. Um, it's just it's it's really lacking right now the cruiserweight division. I wish they had a little bit more behind that. You know, as I said many times, WCW had it right. What they need to do is just open it up and have these guys have outside feuds outside of the cruiserweights to mix things up. Well, I mean, Kalisto should be a cruiserweight. Why isn't he stuck into this division? Why is he... exactly? I think Kalisto would be perfect. I think if they put him in the cruiserweight division, you know. I, I think that would mean something because right now he's kind of lost in the mix. He's kind of a, uh, you know, like he lost, even though it was cheating, he lost in a minute to uh, Titus Young. Right. I mean, that was totally pointless oh, no. other than to get over the Apollo Cruz Titus storyline. Like, they look at this is how we do it, you know, be a heel like me kind of. But, um, but why is he not into that division at all? That's a good question. And you thought about the same thing with Neville. So hopefully they they go to that. I was I was very irritated. So, uh, other than that, I think that's that's kind of the the hits this week. Let's get to our our preview of Extreme Rules. Uh, okay, we'll start with the Rich Rich Swan Sasha Banks versus uh, Dar and Alicia Fox. I don't care too much about this. I'll probably <laughs> no. I'll probably um, say you said it, Sasha Banks, just because of you know the name power there. Yeah. Um... Just to put it like, since Sasha's coming, I guess now to the cruiserweight division, um, obviously I have nothing for her. So they said, okay, we can put her in this storyline. Who knows? I don't see her coming to the cruiserweight division like that, and then her just losing. Um, and with Rick Swan coming back, are they going to make him lose his first match? I think they're going to try to build him up as one of the top baby faces. So yeah, I'm going with with uh, Swan and Banks as well yeah I'm, I'm absolutely with you let's move on as we said neville versus austin aries for it's a submission match by the way for the cruiserweight championship they're really selling austin aries knee injury right now you know i think on the cover of it it really has austin aries win written all over it but once again I, this is the best i've ever seen neville and i can watch him play this villain uh, all night long so i'm really wanting to see him hang on to this belt at least through the summer, legitimize his reign, and really explore the deaths that he'll go to to keep the belt. Yeah, so you're picking Neville on I this one? I am picking Neville. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to have to pick Neville as well. It just Austin Aries made him tap out on Bra, you know, the lead-up show to the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And it, you can see the doubt in Neville's eyes now, and it's, you know, creating doubt. Like, oh, he made him tap out? Like, what's going to happen? Aries can do it, you know? But they're just building it enough where I think Neville will somehow, I don't know how the finish is going to go, but he's going to somehow slip by with that belt still. Let's uh, move on to the still cage match for the WWE Tag Team Championship. The Hardys versus Cesaro and Sheamus. I'm going with Cesaro and Sheamus. 
I'm, I, I told you even before the Hardy showed up, if they came back with anything but the broken gimmick, it would be a waste. Nobody wants to see 1990 Hardy boys. They, to me, it's they're lame. He's having trouble. I think Matt Hardy transitioning from broken Hardy into regular Matt Hardy. They're not talking. There's no mic work. It just, it's it's a lame gimmick. They haven't even changed their outfits up. This is how lame they they've become. Yeah, I think uh, their their match on Raw was off. Like I don't know if the heels just weren't bumping. I, Hardy Matt kind of looked. You know, out of place with the spots, but I don't know if it was the—I don't know who it was. Like they were taking the twist of fate all weird and stuff like that. Oh and yeah. I, I mean, that, that's beside the points. That's just aesthetics of the match. But you know what? I'll, I'll just for this sake, I'll go opposite of you and say the Hardys. Right, write that down. I don't got a pen right now, but you know, that's all right. That's I'm gonna—I'm right. gonna say the Hardys just because I think WWE will do that for whatever reason. Bliss versus Bailey, Kendo stick on a pole. I think Bliss retains. Uh, I really, to me, she's the best thing WWE has going on in anything right now. She's one of the few that, and gender really has done it, but she's one of the few that really has sold me that she is a true champion, no matter how small she is. I mean, I I could watch this title reign for a very long time. Yeah, I mean... Bailey, for whatever reason, and NXT, she was connecting with the fans. I know you you don't watch NXT, but man, the fans were so into her. I didn't really understand why. I don't like the, the hug gimmick. Um, I, I guess the fans liked, or I don't know, but I, I don't think it's transitioning well into the main roster. Um, I think they have to build her up a little bit more. I, I, I don't think that last segment with the This Is Your Life helped too much. Um, uh, I'll say. I'll say Alexa Bliss, too. Okay. Dean Ambrose versus The Miz, singles match for the Intercontinental Championship. By the way, if this is extreme rules, and I think if Ambrose is disqualified, he will lose the title. Uh, that's a, You're telling me on an extreme rules pay-per-view, we're having a match with disqualification on it is stupid to begin with. Uh, I'm tired of seeing The Miz and Dean Ambrose. I want to see The Miz have this belt. Uh, the Miz has nailed it with his promos that he really has brought back when he was the Intercontinental Championship. Prestige to that belt. I really felt like that was back in the day where if you were Inter- Intercontinental Championship champion, you were the number one contender. And I really believe that the Miz can do that again with that belt. Yeah, Miz's promos are on point. I mean, he's he does a great job as a heel. He doesn't try to be liked or say anything clever like most heels do. Um, yeah, he's, I'm going to go with, uh, Miz as well. I mean, it's always better when you have the heel holding the belt and the baby face chasing it. So that's why you never see baby faces nowadays hold the belt for that long because it's once they get it, it's like, yay. Okay. You're a fighting champion, but it only goes so long. You got to get it off the baby face, put it back on the heel. So whatever baby face chases them, um, for, for the next feud. I think, I hope this is the end of their feud. The no DQ. I, I love that stipulation. You have an extreme rules. It, it's ridiculous. I see what you're saying, but you have an extreme rules pay-per-view and it's an, if you get a, a DQ, you lose. That's brilliant. Cause that's going to be different than anything else on the show, but I'm going with Miz. 
Okay. Hey, look, any other pay-per-view, this would have been great. But Extreme Rules, I, I felt like awesome match. And, boy, if we can get through this in, the, like, the last 10 minutes, I want to bring up something on how I feel like we could save Impact. Not Maybe not together, but me, because I have an ego. That Yeah, just you. You could save Impact. Just walk out there and you saved it. No. I <laughs> Thank you for that. And I truly believe that you were right yeah. on that, but no. Yeah. Uh, let's get to this last match, Fatal Five Way, to determine the number one contender: Reigns, Rollins, Balor, Bray, Samoa Joe. Uh, boy, as I read down this list, I could see it being just by promos alone. Bray Wyatt should win. I mean, he has really, really sold me. And granted, it's the same promo that he always does, but he's really sold me that he's the only one that can slay the beast. But Samoa Joe. That match would have been phenomenal. Finn Balor, I think that would have been interesting, but there's no way I could see Finn winning that match. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm going to say Bray Wyatt wins this match. I I truly think it's going to be Finn or Joe, but I'm going to say for the sake of being different, this this podcast, Bray Wyatt wins this match. Okay, I'm going to say, because I'm looking at the future and what they're going to do with these five guys going forward. I think something's going to happen in that match where, like, Finn's going to have it win, Bray's going to cost him the match somehow, and then that's going to lead to a feud against the Demon Finn and Bray Wyatt. That'll be a good feud, people. They, they already put seeds down when Bray got to Raw that that's going to, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to happen. So I think they're going to lead into that. Um, so I think that's going to eliminate Bray and Finn from the title picture. Um, I don't think they're gonna give it to Reigns just yet because I think they're waiting to have uh, to have Brock. I think Reigns and Joe are gonna go on to feud. I think something's gonna happen there too. So I'm gonna go with Seth Rollins just because um, they they already know he can have a good match with Brock Lesnar. Uh, they can do their thing. Brock's obviously gonna beat Seth, um, and they've been building up Seth. He beat Triple H. So I, I'm gonna go. I know it's kind of a wild card, but I'm gonna go with Seth. That's interesting. I like that. Good. Good. The great, by the way, we have a couple that are the same, a couple that are different. I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll keep score and uh, see how we do at the end. Now, we have now oh, roughly 12 minutes left. So let me quickly throw something to you on how I would save impact. Now, okay, I was watching Dinner for Three today, and – I I don't watch the show much, but I kind of, I'm a I'm a Jim Cornette guy. I like Jim Cornette. He's from my childhood. I grew up with Southern wrestling. It was him, P.S. Michael Hayes, which I am a diehard Fabulous Freebirds. I mean, to me, that's my all time favorite tag team, Freebirds, yeah. and you know, then you have the Royal Riot Warriors and all that other stuff. And it was uh, Bischoff, who was you know in the linchpin to the Attitude Era sitting there talking, going back and forth, and it struck me that I think Impact needs to find its southern roots and really go back to the days, and maybe not overdo it, but of the old-school gimmick matches that used to put butts in the seats, you know, like the, the, the old turnbuckle matches where you're tied to your opponent and you have to touch the turnbuckle four times, or, you know, a scaffolding match, or the old-school... You know, just even the still cage match. But I feel like you need to go back and find your southern riding roots. You know, your early NWA, WCW riding days. Your your southern, you could really pull from that and 
and create a great feel with that small company. Because the one thing those southern territories did that, you know, WWF didn't have to do back in the day is they gave you a big feel show for f small feel prices and promotions and and not all, you know, they didn't have the big, you know, pyrotechnics in the stage and all that stuff. But they gave you that big production feel with with what was happening. And I, I feel like they need to go back to that. Yeah. I, I mean, so um, part of what you said is, is absolutely true. I agree 100 percent. Part of what you said is, uh, you know, I don't agree with. Here are the parts. So when... TNA Impact Wrestling first started, they were a Southern-based company. We filmed in Nashville at the fairgrounds. We had catering at a place called the White Trash Cafe. I mean, it doesn't get any more Southern than that. Half of our wrestlers were from the South, um, mostly because they were local and, you know, budget was an issue. So they were on our, our show talking with Southern draws and stuff like that. The guys running the show were uh, guys like Jeff Jarrett, Dutch Mantel, mm -hmm. you know, came from the territories. Jerry Jarrett, Jeff's dad. Um they came from the territories. They are Southern. They, they like to book Southern. Um, so they had a good spin on it with that. We, we had matches that were like dog collar matches. And um, what's that one where you tie each other's wrists together from a long rope, whatever that match is called. The cowbell uh, on a, or something like that. Something. Or... You know, they had a lot of Southern type of matches. And actually, we used to get knocked for it because we came off as too Southern, like too um, not podunk, but what is it? Um, Bush league, so to speak. Okay. That, that, that's, and we got knocked for that because we didn't have the production and all that kind of stuff for the WWE. And that's what people are comparing us to. And we can't like impact couldn't compete with WWE. We just, we didn't have the money for it. We didn't have the production. We didn't have the staffing. We didn't have the resources or anything like that. So we did get knocked for that. But then at the same time, um, that's what we did. And I thought, I thought it was great. You know, we had team Canada at the one time, uh, we were the hottest heel faction because when we walked out in that Nashville crowd and we started talking proper, like we talk not with the Southern draw, people hated us. They're like, man, these guys are so arrogant. And we never said anything arrogant. We were just intelligent. <laughs> spoke like you, you know, <laughs> really, spoke, really spoke like, you know, you, you would hear like a news anchor speak and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they just hated it. You Man, they, they hated us. Um, but then at the same time, we were trying to reinvent the business as well. We were trying to make matches that, I mean, I, I don't even think to this day, I understand the rules of a King of a Mountain match. It's like you had to uh, get a pinfall and then hang the belt up on the ladder. It was like a reverse ladder match with a penalty box. And if you can't explain a match in a sentence or two, the fans are going to be lost. I mean, if, if me who's working there can't understand this match, then there's no way the fans are going to comprehend it. And I work for the company. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they started to, you know, reinvent stuff and some things did stick like the, uh, What's that match that I used to do? The Ultimate X. That was pretty right? cool. Yeah, but now they killed that. I mean, there's been so many Ultimate X matches. They just killed that where there's nothing. Everything's been done in that match. You can only do so much in it. And I know, you know, us X-Vision guys, we didn't like working them because we knew we were going to have to take big bumps. It's a hard match to structure. 
Um, what can you do that's different? And it just kind of sucked. You know, I, I remember one time um, we had an Ultimate X match, me, Michael Shane, and Chris Sabin. And I was supposed to go over. Um, they, they hung an X between the X's, and we had to climb up and get it. And the winner that got it got a future exhibition title shot. Perfect. Okay, good, good booking. But when they strapped the X up there, they put it with tie straps. And then uh, oh. when we fell off the ropes, it, it would jiggle and it fell on the ground. And then the stagehands, we had to sell. And then the stagehands came up and put it up. They did that like once or twice. And then I, I, this wasn't even the end of the match. Um, you know, they had the, the X hanging up there. And, you know, I knocked the guy off. And then it was, uh, you know, kind of dangling or it looked like you know, it was like shaking around. And I'm just standing underneath it, you know, kind of playing up the gimmick because I'm like, okay, it already fell twice. What if I reacted like, you know, oh, are you going to fall again? Come on, let me catch it, you know. See if I could get the fans in it a different way. Because, I mean, a regular person would do that. Like, this thing keeps falling. I'm going to stand underneath and try to catch it and win. And sure enough, I'm like, and I didn't think it was going to fall. I'm standing there and I catch it. It fell again and I caught it. And I look at it. And I really don't know what to do. And Scott Demore, who was my manager at the time, runs in the ring really quick and goes, celebrate, you won. And I'm like, yeah, I got it. You know, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. And Dixie Carter is sitting in the front row and she's and I look at her and she just kind of gives her a shoulder shrug like, hey, you know, what can we do? <laughs> and then uh, so, you know, I mean, that that kind of sucked because. Uh, so then the next day they give me a call on the phone and like, hey, you guys are going to redo the match. And I'm like, we have to re do a match like on, on free television now. And I'm like, we just went through this ultimate X match, you know? And I said, and what's going to happen? Am I just going to beat him again? Like it, it buries these two guys. They didn't see it my way. They, they actually apologized to the fans for the technical error errors. And, you know, said, we're going to re-give you the match, not on pay-per-view this time, but on live TV. And, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes when you reinvent, you know, the wheel, it, it, it doesn't always spin. I, I don't know. I think you go back to your southern roots. Also, yeah, I uh, mean that, that works in half the time. The other half of the time, um, these new age fans that we're trying to get a hold of, they don't like or know or understand southern wrestling, or they they look at it as too bush league, and it, it, it is tough, man. It's tough booking a, a wrestling show. Hang on, hang on, and I got one more one more thing. Give yeah. me a good six month build up to a free pay-per-view. Give me a clash. A free pay-per-view? Uh, yep, like a Clash of the Champions. WCW, Clash of the Champions. You, do you remember? I mean, once a year when Clash came on TV, it was a thing because uh, we could not afford pay-per-views. They were way expensive back then. It was actually a big uh, yeah. ordeal to have to go order one, and it was like 60 bucks. And here it is, once a year, WCW giving you a free pay-per-view. It was huge. Do that again. I mean, yeah, I, they could do it right now. Like they could do it with. It seems like where they're going is uh, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Even though we've seen it before, it looks like that's where they're going right now. It looks like they're they're building up Reigns more and stuff like that. But you know, they they could totally do that. They can, you know, have uh, I don't know Brock come out and uh, this pay per view cost you know Roman Reigns the match, but 
Um, Roman Reigns can't fight Brock the next pay-per-view because whoever won the match is going to be tied up in the feud with that. And then Roman Reigns will go on and face Joe or whatever and go over on him. And that it's always like they're playing cat and mouse. They're never getting a hold of each other until finally, you know, Roman Reigns finally wins the Rumble and then, you know, is able to face Brock Lesnar, earned his shot. They, they could totally do that um, six-month builds. And they're, they are, they're doing it again right now. They're not doing it with every storyline. But they, they, it seems like they're doing it with the major ones. Well, I, I think that would get a ton of promotion for at least impact as if they had the free pay-per-view once a year. You yeah. Know? And, and you start, hey, we're giving well, you a pay-per-view. You don't have to sign up for anything. No monthly subscription to the network. Come here for a pay-free pay-per-view. Well, they are. They actually started doing that um, a few years ago, back when we used to do monthly pay-per-views. Um, budget issues. They said we're cutting off monthly pay per views. We're going to do four pay per views a year. Good. Kind of like ex- they they they're doing that actually. They're doing like Slammiversary, Bound for Glory, and then two others. I don't know which two, but those are the big like SummerSlam, WrestleMania. Um, so they're doing that. And then what we did was, and I remember I was on one of these. Um, all their other monthly pay per views that they had, they were considered as television specials. Which I thought was brilliant because it actually did boost the ratings a bit. Like Destination X, you knew that every Destination X, it was free paper. It was not free pay per view, free television. It used to be a pay per view, but now it's a TV special. And whoever had the X Division title at the time could cash it in, relinquish the title for a shot at the heavyweight title. And that's I think that's been one of their their, their big storylines going forward. Like, and that's when Austin Aries won the belt for the first time. Um, Chris Sabin won it. You know. Uh, it's a great idea. So I don't know if they're still doing that, um, but they should continue to do that. Like the, the monthly television specials. I agree. Where can people find you? IPD Williams. There you go, guys on Twitter. Follow him, uh, head over to, if you're a Facebook person, head over to Facebook, type in wrestling perspective podcast, like it. And we want to know how would you fix TNA? This is, and we'll read your answers on the podcast, but we want to know, you know, how would you fix TNA? Whether you've watched it or not, whether you heard the problems, well, you don't know what the problems, how do you fix TNA? If you had one magic wand and you said, and look, we're not saying turn TNA into something that will uh, compete with the WWE because nothing will really compete with the WWE, but how would you turn this company around and at least make it entertaining for you? What would you do? I think that's and realistically too. Don't say like, "Well, I'll hire CM Punk," because that's not going to happen. No, you know, something realistic. There you go. So, Wrestling Perspective Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Dennis Seven Seven Farrell. Thank you guys for another Wrestling Inc. Wrestling Perspective Podcast. We'll see you guys later. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.